Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. Man, you are going to love this uh, the interview on, on this All Ball. Jamel Thomas is my guest. Now, those of us who know Jamel, you would probably know him as 5 or 5.30, right? That's what... Uh, the, uh, at some point in part two of this podcast, I'm going to get to the first time I met Jamel. Um, after we were in college, we played together in Phoenix in the ABA. And it's always interesting. I didn't know what our nickname was until I had to look up a couple of things about, about, uh, about five. Uh, but anyway, he introduced himself as five, five thirty, And you'll hear why he's known as, as five thirty. So he was an incredible player more than anything kind of an unbelievable person in terms of his ability to overcome just a, uh, a, a kind of a tormented lifestyle when he was a kid. So I, I can't wait to get to that. At the, the moment of this recording, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. The Clippers are down 0-1 after an incredible come-from-behind series victory against the Dallas Mavericks. The Nets are up two games to none on the Nets. And... Uh, and the Hawks, as well as they've played, they don't have DeAndre Hunter for the season. He underwent an MRI, which revealed a small tear, tear of the lateral meniscus. He underwent uh, surgery on the meniscus today, and he's out the rest of the season. So that's a bummer because he's incredibly versatile and a very talented kid, even if 
the one game they lost to the Knicks, he missed a bunch of shots he should he normally makes. So I just I just think that what's really really interesting, really really interesting, is that here we are and we're talking about the Lakers, and because they lost in the first round, I think people will pick apart the decisions that that Rob Palinka made. And I don't agree with all of them. I, I thought Dennis Schroeder was an off the bench guy, not a starter. And I think that got exposed as the season went on, especially late in the season. Um, but, but it will, it's like, we'll never know because they weren't healthy. What we do know is that as good as LeBron still is, he's an older version himself and any older athlete. Now he needs more help, but there's fewer times in which they have their a stuff it happens with Clayton Kershaw as a pitcher. That's that's like the easiest one to 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 draw a parallel to. What does it mean heading forward? Heading forward, it means that they're going to continue to have to not only add more shooting and add more surrounding piece, they can score more points because they were so focused on defense because they were a defensive champion last year. But I also think you're going to have to figure out if not only LeBron is willing to take a secondary role, maybe a tertiary role, and can he operate in an offense in which it doesn't solely focused around him having the basketball. It's like they need a point guard, but will he allow anybody else to be a point guard? As for the Clippers, they could have won game one. I'm not as down on them as others are. I think they still have good matchups here. I think you got to withstand a, a, a Donovan Mitchell 45-point uh, barrage. I think they can do that. I still like the Clippers, and I like Ty Lue's adjustments as the series went on in Dallas. And I, I think if that is the if that is his strength, figuring out, you know, the, the, the tricks, if, if you will, to getting the right matchups, they should be in good shape in this series. All right, let's get to Jamel Thomas. We'll talk about some of these series. We'll talk about playing in the NBA eventually. But first, I want to talk about his him first falling in love with basketball. One of the all-time greats in the Big East, Providence College, Jamel Thomas. All right, Jamel Thomas joins us here in the All Ball Pod. Uh, first, you're currently driving home from your son's practice. How old? He's 10 years old. 10 okay. years old, he's, uh, he's with Gauchos, New York City Gauchos. You already have him with the Gauchos? Yes. How different is it from when you were a kid? Uh, well, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't play when I was a kid. Um, I had a different path than he does. So we just put him out there for the experience and so he can have fun and let him know what he's capable of doing. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Your path was different, right? Um, you're, you're born in Brooklyn. What was your, what was your, what was the early days? Like your first, first sports memories were like what? Well, sports, um, my first sport was baseball. I, I fell in love with baseball at an early age. Uh, Probably around around nine, ten years old, I started playing baseball. You know, with some friends. I never really played organized, but I played in the street. I played that first before basketball. And then when did you start hooping? I started hooping when I was thirteen. Like you weren't even playing like pickup or playing rec basketball before thirteen? No, to be honest, I I, I kind of watched it a lot. Um, cause it was right there in front of my face in Coney Island, but I never really, I, I never played it. Why? I never played it. Yeah. Like I've seen it a lot, like, um, you know, my cousin Steph, I used to, 11 years old, I used to go to his games. 
and I didn't even play. But 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 like why? Like New York City. When I think of New York City, I think of ball players. And then Steph was like like a legend very early on, right? And yeah, I just. Yeah. But why why weren't you playing? Was you just didn't like it? Like oh well, why, I was I was. I was a I was a street kid. I was in the streets. I was really a street kid. Um, I'm not trying to brag about it or claim it or anything. It's just you know my path was different. Um, I didn't have both of my parents growing up, so I didn't have any kind of guidance. Uh, you know, Steph had his brothers who played basketball. All of them played Division One basketball, so he was able to see that and follow that. So he had some type of motivation to do the sport. And unlike me, I didn't have that same motivation as him. So I was in the streets fighting and, you know, hanging out with drug dealers and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, I, I made a turning point in my, my life at, at 13 years old with the, with the help of my mentor, Mr. Lou, who, who passed away uh, back in 2007. But he, he was the guy that transitioned me from, like, the streets into playing basketball. You, your your mom was, was murdered when you were four years old. What happened? And this is like, I'm guessing there was no therapy at the time. How, how did you deal with not having your parents? How did you deal with being on your own? Well, um, you know, I was just in the street, you know, self-destructing. You know, I was fighting a lot. Uh, you know, I wasn't like, a, I wasn't a school kid. You know, I, I, I was cutting class, you know, early. Well, cutting school early you know, when I was young. So, you know, I was just, you know, it was, it was traumatizing, you know, no, no, there's no way that you can deal with that type of trauma. But, um, you know, good, lucky thing that I, I didn't really hurt anyone severely because I would have hurt myself severely. So that's what I was just doing, just running the streets and, you know, and with, with, uh, with a background like that, the streets, is there for you to become part of it and self-destruct and, and make things work worse and become like a minister to society. And I was on that verge and, you know, it was something in me that was just wanted to be a good person. I just wanted to be somebody other than this kid that's an orphan kid or this kid that's a street kid that don't go to school. I, I, I wanted to be something else. So you mentioned you were 13. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Mr. Lou. How did it happen? How, how, did, how did the change happen? All right. This is the story. Uh, so Stefan, one of Stefan's brother, he was he was a, he was the big time street dude after he finished, you know, playing basketball or whatever. Right. The big time street dude. So I was selling drugs and I was with the guy that I was working for at the time. And. My cousin actually saw potential in me because this this thir 13 years old, this is when I I grew like six inches in one summer. I just just got really tall. Sure. And then he he said, uh, if I catch you over here selling drugs again, I'm gonna kill everybody over here. And these guys are my friends. And and I I believe he meant it because I see him do a lot of dirt in the streets already. So in order for me to protect my friends, I had to stop doing what I was doing. So after that situation, I was on a base, I was on a basketball court playing baseball, but I was playing by myself. I had a bunch of baseballs and you know how you throw the, the ball in the air and you just swing with the bat. Yeah. So I was, 
I was just working on that. And then my mentor, he was on a, another basketball court that was close to the other basketball court, and he came over to me. And he was like, son, what you want to do? What you want to do with your life? You want to play basketball or baseball? And I was just like, I was just trying to stay out of trouble. I was like, man, I, I don't know what I want to do. And then he's like, all right, come me over here to the basketball court, and I'm going to do some drills with you, and just see if you like it. Just see if you like it. And, um, and, and the rest was history. Wow. Um, okay. What about school? Like, how do you go from, cause like I had TJ Hushmanzada on this, you know, and he said like, he was about that age and his mom was strung out and he was in Oklahoma city and he learned to start selling drugs. And he never really figured out the school thing until he got to, to junior college. You figured out what high school at, at, at Lincoln. Yeah, I figured, I figured out at Lincoln. Uh, you know, my my story is pretty deep. Um, I have to give credit to a lot of, like, teachers, even though when I was self-destructing, they 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 didn't, like, stomp me under the ground. It was They were kind of really uplifting, you know what I'm saying? My, my public school teachers, when I was in, like, fourth grade and fifth grade and sixth, all the way up to eighth grade, I, I went to the school called Ann Sullivan, and it was a nurturing school. It was something that I needed. And all the teachers there, from my math teachers to my English teachers to my Spanish teachers and even the principals, they were just helping me emotionally with the, the stuff that I was dealing with. So I have to give credit with, to them. And it was helping me and pushing me and making sure I get to, uh, to high school. So fast forward to high school, my freshman year, I get back to some of my habits. You know, not going to class, not going to school or whatever. And my English teacher, my English teacher, who became my mom to this day, she told me I was on the verge of failing the class. And she said, listen, you're going to fail the class. You never come to class, right? I know you have the, all the potential in the, in the world, but every time you come to class, you always sit in the back and you sit on top of your desk. And I was like, I sit on top of the desk because of the, I can't fit under the desk. I'm too tall. So she got a kick out of that. And she said, so I'll pass you if you pick one of these books. So she had some books. She had like The Great Gatsby. She had um, a Magic Johnson book. And it was another book. She said, if you if you read one of these books and do a book report and and, and, and go in front of the class and tell the, the, the class about your, your book report, I'll pass you. And that's what I've done. I read a Magic Johnson book, and I did it, and she passed me. And that, that happened like in March, like the next month in April. She had a meeting with my, my, um, my adoptive mom, whom, whom is uh, Sebastian's mom. Had a meeting with her and my grandmother to see if she can take me in into a house with her husband to help me out with academics and, and life in general. So that's that's the Bravermans, right? The Bravermans, yes. So they the Bravermans take you in. So yeah. now what's you you haven't had structure really that much in your life, right? So you're in high school and how did you react? What was their structure like? Like what was your day like? Uh, the structure, well, she she laid the she laid down the um the rules before I got there. She said, first thing with 
no television. I only got 30 minutes of television a day. And um, and I watched Martin Lawrence during that 30 minutes of television. I wouldn't even watch a Bulls game or a Knicks game or whatever. I used my 30 minutes to watch Martin Lawrence. She said, when you get home from school, you do all your homework, right? If you're not finished and you need to eat, you can come down to eat. And after that, you go back up to your room and you finish your work. And when you finish your work, that's when you get your 30 minutes. So I had to finish my work before 8 o'clock so I can watch Martin. And she said, 9.30, everything lights is out, bedtime, right? And yeah. we get up at 6.15 every morning because she was the teacher at the school and she had to get there early. What time What time had you been going to bed before that? My name is 5.30, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I knew the answer, but that was that was it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So when when you first you move in, you have people that support you, but you have these rules for hey, 9 945, 9:30, you got to have the lights out. What was your like it's it's not like right away you were like okay, I'm going like what was the what was that first year like? Well, the, you know, I, I remember like the first couple of weeks or whatever, I definitely couldn't go to sleep that early and I couldn't sleep with, you know, unfamiliar territory. So I was just like, you know, it was just like just kind of nervous because it was so quiet where they lived at. And um, I'm, le- I'm peeking out the windows and seeing if anybody coming to get me or anything. So just it was, it was like a, a, a crazy experience, like. I think like the first week I was going to bed like you know one to three o'clock in the morning and getting up at six. Um, it, I mean, obviously, like, look, your your mom's boyfriend shoots your mom. Your aunt's husband is more like emotionally abusive. He's in and out of jail. So, like, you you got to have like some trust issues, right? Like, you hadn't been in this. Did, did you like it? Did you did, like, I'm sure there were dudes that, that want to know what was up, what happened to you? What was the process like of you embracing the stability of a real home? Well, um, you know, where I grew up at, it, it was like, it was a lot of us in a, in, in a three bedroom apartment. It was 10 of us in a three bedroom apartment. Right. Yeah. So, one of the things I really appreciated with, with the problem is I had my own room. I had my own space, right? Because, you know, schoolwork is, is, is nothing. You know, you can, anybody can do schoolwork. You just, you need the time, the space, you need the, the, um, the focus, right? To, to be able to, to, to get it done. So that, that was a, a, a big thing for me because, even when I wanted to do good when I was home after I started playing basketball, it was always a distraction. Like when I'm doing my schoolwork in the house, it, it could be arguing and it could be, you know, my brothers and sisters are fighting. It could be something that be man is just say like, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm just leaving the house. And then you just go outside and just, you do absolutely nothing, but you just leave the house and you just, you know, you don't do what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, and what the problem has done for me, no, did I trust him in the first couple of weeks? No. But the way she treated me was so regular that I was like, oh, this this lady loves me, right? And it, even if I, like, we had arguments in the beginning, but it was like a, a back and forth, like she was my mom. And then me and my mom back in Coney Island, if we had arguments, it was carry over for like you know days and days with me and the um miss braverman it wouldn't carry over at long at all because her husband was the 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 middle guy he was you know he was able to just squash everything and and he'll take my mind off the argument or school or whatever and we'll start just talking about basketball or sports or when he played at lincoln or because he played at lincoln and when he played at yukon so it took about two weeks. It, it, it was actually kind of quick because I had some times like for myself to focus. And 
And I understood that it was a blessing. But, yes, we had our wars. We went back and forth. And I'm not going to say, like, that I stayed there the whole time. There was times that we got into big arguments. And I said, you know what? I'm leaving. So I used to leave the house and go back to Coney Island. And then I understood that it was better for me over there where she lived at in Rockaway than in Coney Island. So she, from the beginning, she always told me that, my door is always open if you leave and if you want to come back. So it became like a revolving door for the first two years, me living there. Like I'll leave, we get into argument, I'll leave and then I'll come back. I'll leave and then I'll come back. Um, okay, so now you're, you're in high school. How good were you? Um, I was really good. <laughs> I was really but you started, playing year, so, play. you started playing so late, right? Like, you started playing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how good I was because uh, my, my – see, you know, us. You, you can tell right now if your son is good or not or whoever he's playing with, right? You yeah. you can tell that potential because we're older. We've been through the wars. We, we know how kids panned out, right? So yeah. uh, when I was about 14 years old, Stefan's brother, his oldest brother, who who trained us, his name is Eric. We were playing three on three. He was on one team with Steph um, and another kid, and I had two other kids from the park playing with me. We were playing three on three full court. And um, I was just getting a rebound and just dribbling the ball up court and, you know, making like Magic Johnson passes or finishing, you know, like it was almost like a Scottie Pippen type ordeal, and he was like, "This motherfucker is good." And since then, he started like, you know, working with me. Steph's brother started working with me. He's like, "This motherfucker is a better point guard than Steph." At the time, probably said it jokingly, but I heard it, right? Yeah. And me getting to high school. I didn't, I didn't play my freshman year at all. I played probably like a minute and 30 seconds the whole year. But I became – I really knew I became good is when Lincoln, we were scouting for Grady, and we were playing against Derek Brown and Maurice Brown. You remember those guys, right? Of course. Yes, uh, of course. I know you, you're a basketball junkie. Um, so we were preparing for them. And I was on the other squad, the second unit. So coach told me to play like Derek Brown. And he said, Jamel, this is what I want you to do. I want you to dribble. I want you to shoot. I want you to rebound. I want you to do everything out there that Derek Brown does. And once he gave me that green light in practice, I was killing the dude, Shaka Ship, that was on our team because he played the five. He didn't know how to defend the guard. So I'm just going by him and just – doing whatever I wanted to do to him in practice. And then coach, you know, my coach was funny. George guy, he was like, holy shit, Shaka. You can't guard <laughs> Jamel Thomas? What the hell you think Daryl Brown is going to do to you tomorrow? <laughs> so ever since then, it was like, it just, it gave me confidence from right then and there. And, and that was the first game I played my freshman year. I came down, got a rebound, passed the ball to Steph, spot up in the corner, shot the three, boom. And that was the only time I played for the whole season. And then after um, 
you know, all the seniors graduated, Shaka and Corey Johnson, all those guys graduated. Coach had to play me. He had to start me. And I was I was a mismatch for – I had to play the five in high school. So I was a, I was a mismatch for every five that I had to go against at Lincoln because they didn't know how to defend that at the time. Um, meanwhile, like you're playing with Steph and Steph was the guy that year, right? He became the, like everyone knew, 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 knew yeah. Steph. What, what was your guy's relationship like while you were getting better and becoming a star in your own right? And he was on this kind of superstardom path. Oh, but I mean, Steph was like in high school, I would say in high school, he was a hundred percent supportive. Like, you know, especially like my first year when I was coming out my shell. So um, I was playing with an AAU team called the Broncos, the New York City Broncos. So that's like the the B or C division of AAU programs in, you know, in, in New York. So, you know, I had a couple of tournaments out in um, Ohio, and I had a, a tournament out in Virginia, and that was the first time I saw AI, and I was like, this kid is ridiculous. So I had, I had good tournaments out there. So word was getting back that, you know, Yo, this kid, like, yo, Jamel, yo, your cousin is killing. So when Steph heard that, like, him and my coach got together, and they said, nah, you're not playing with the Broncos anymore. You're coming with us to the Gauchos. So ever since then, I started playing with the Gauchos with Steph. Like, he was, like, you know, he was bringing me along with him. So every big-time tournament that he played in in New York, like Golden Hoops or whatever, I was there right with him. Five-star. You know what I'm saying? I was right there with him, right there with him. Like, you know, he he was he was he was really supportive at that time, you know, for my development. Um, that Gauchos, who was on that Gauchos team your last year? You, Sham God? Oh, me. Yeah, me, Sham God, uh, Charleston Clark, uh, Eric nice. Harris, Steph, uh, Hishimo Evans. Um. Gary Saunders, uh, Larry, Larry Ad, Adney, Larry Adney. Yeah, he's with the uh, he's an assistant coach with the Clippers now. Um, I think Mark Blunt played played a few games with us. Like we had a squad. We had. A, I remember. A, didn't you guys lose? Gordon Malone. Like, Gordon Malone. Gordon Malone. Didn't you guys lose? to like, I'm going to say like the Dallas team or something in Vegas. I just remember that that yes. there was like no way anybody was going to beat you. And you guys played like an early morning game against the Dallas team yes. and got beat. Yes. Yes. And I, that was Macy Bastion team, right? Yes. Yes. We called him Plastic Man. <laughs> yep. That was the team. Macy so, so, Bastion. So, so I'll give you the other side to it, right? Here's what everybody said about me, about, about like the gauchos. Don't play them at night. If you can play them in the morning, you got a shot. If you play them at night on the main court, you got no shot. Yeah, we were. Yeah. You, well, Doug, I'm five. The only person that got some rest was probably Steph. He was, the, he was the only professional that was on the team that year. Why'd you choose Providence? That's, that game against when we played against Dallas. Yeah. 
that's when um, Bobby Gonzalez recruited me. That's when he was like, that's when they gave me the offer. Because sometimes, like, like I can hang out late and do whatever at night, and I can wake up because my body was kind of accustomed to it. Sure. Right? So that game, I just – I was – I was doing the same thing, like like rebounding, bringing the ball up court and making certain passes, hitting certain shots. Like, I played a totally different way with the Gauchos than at Lincoln. I played more like a small forward, power forward with the Gauchos. And at Lincoln, I was just stuck to the five because I was the biggest guy there. Right. And, yeah. But um, the reason why I chose Providence is because, you know, every school in the country that was recruiting Steph, to get Steph – they was going to include me in the package, though. I'm talking about Syracuse, Georgia Tech, UCLA, every school. It was like, well, we'll throw him in there, too, if you come, you know, basically. Yeah. So that wasn't going to work, right? Uh, Steph, Steph Pops was like, no, you need to get out of Steph's shadow and do your own thing. And, you know, my parents, the Brahmins, you know, everybody felt the same way. So it boiled down to two schools, right? I had UMass that wanted to recruit me. They wanted me to uh, take Lou Rowe's spot. And then my high school coach was like, no, he's not a 4-5. He's just forced to play this position at Lincoln. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a legit small forward. So, and I think that's when Calipari was there and um, Jim Bino. Um, Jim, what's Bino? What's his name? B- uh, Bill Bino. Yeah, Bill Bino. Yeah, yeah. So they were there. So that didn't work out. And then I narrowed down to two schools, right? So it was Rutgers University and, and Providence College. So I went on my, my college visits. So my first college visit was uh, – I had an official college visit at Rutgers University. And, you know, my parents, you know, they were heavily involved. Uh, the Providence was heavily in, involved. So my host was Charles Jones. So, we, you know, we Brooklyn guys. You know, you know what we like to do. So he um, – he was my host, um, and I went to a couple. I went to a practice. I went. I saw the facility, and then at night, he said, five, I got you." And then he showed me around campus, and then I just had a ball. Put it like that. I just. I had a, a great time. I thought I was in Coney Island with a bunch of intellectual people. So. Uh, and when I get home to my, 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 my parents' house, the Brabhamans, they said, how was your visit? I was like, oh, my God, it was great. I had the best time of my life. I'm going to Rutgers University. They was like, oh, okay, all right, that's fine. Well, we don't want to make a decision yet. Let's, let's, let's try Providence. Let's, let's take an official. Take another official of Providence. You know, it's free. You're, you're flying there. So I was like, all right, but I'm going to Rutgers. So I was adamant about that. And um, I took my – Official visit at Providence College, and Jason Murdoch was uh, my host, and he took me to the whitest club in the whole Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island area. <laughs> I was like, Jay, this is like this is not my cup of tea. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we gotta get up out of here. And uh, you know, I, I, I saw the practices and all that. You know, they give you, they show you your jersey, your sneakers, and all that. They try to sell you with that. And it was everything was closed at like like ten, eleven o'clock out there. I was like, Nah, this ain't for me. 
this ain't for me. So I went back home to my parents and I told them about the, the my Providence College experience. I was like, nah, this this ain't for me. I, I Providence is not it. I'm I I I'd rather go to Rutgers. And then, you know, they had to talk with me. They was like, Well, you gotta look at Rutgers like is living in Coney Island with all the distractions. Right? And then you gotta look at Providence is like not living over where they live at per se, but a place where you can focus, right? So yeah. where do you think you'll be your most successful at off the court? So I'm like, well, that, that'll be Providence. So I, they said, when you think it'd be smart to go to Providence College so you can be successful off the court, we, we, we have every all the faith in you that you're going to do well on the court but you're in college now and you're going to be by yourself. You don't have no tutors. You don't have all this, these people to help you and nurture you. So you're going to be on your own. So that's how we came up with the decision to go to Providence. So, okay. So you, so you go from like, man, this is the spot is close enough to home to, to this other place that feels foreign, but now Sham goes there too. What do you remember when you, about when you so all right, you're going back. When you first show up, what was it like? Well, um, that, I, I was the hook for a lot of guys to go to Providence because I was cool with Sham. And Derek Brown was like, you know, my brother from Coney Island. So I'm like, yo, Sham, I'm going to Providence. I'm, I'm, I'm signing. I'm signing. You know, I signed before the season started my senior year. I'm signing like tomorrow. Whatever. He's like. F it, you going to Providence, I'm going too, right? So Coach, you know, Coach Gonzo was getting me on the phone with these guys to try to hook them in. I'm like, yo, I'm going, I'm, I didn't know how to hook anybody in or sell anything. I'm like, yo, I'm just going to Providence. They're like, where are you going? I'm going too. And it was just like that, you know, just like some neighborhood stuff. Like, you going over there to the club, I'm going too. So that's what happened. That second year you went on the Elite Eight run. And what was what people don't remember about that team was you guys, you went small before playing small was cool, right? Like you right. had Garson Ruben was was like a he was like your five, but he was basically a four. And then you had Austin who could who could you know play outside the three, and you guys just opened up the lane for you and for 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 God. And it was it was that was what I remember about that team. Was that how it was like going into the year? Was that the plan or that just, that just kind of happened over time and the coaches figured it out? Yeah, that, ha- that definitely happened over time and the coaches figured it out. Um, you know, we, we, we're coachable kids like myself, Sham, uh, Coy Wright and, you know, Derek Brown and Ruben. You know, we're, we're coachable, but sometimes you just got to let players just, just hoop. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You know, Simpson, you know how it is, Doug. You make a mistake and you got in your head, like, if I made a turnout, I'm going to try to go get the steal. Like, so in the tournament, he was letting us do that because he didn't have no choice. Like, he can't just take everybody out because, you know, it's like, come on, like, coach, like, you know, you'll get this power thing. But during the season, he was – it was too much control. Like, you do this, you do that, go to this spot and that spot. But when the tournament happened, the dogs came out. And then, you know, we're very unselfish players like myself and, and Sham. And it was easy to find Austin. 
And I remember Austin, the first game, was like, Austin comes, you know, like, he hits his first, like, three shots, and then, like, he hot. And we just started feeding him. I think Austin had about, like, 40. And those, a lot of those games wasn't a Ruben Gosses game, right? The Ruben Gosses game was, is, is for, it was for the second round, right? But when we played Duke, because they were kind of small, like Sean McLeod and Steve Wojciechowski, Trajan Langdon, and, and, and Jeff Chapel, like, they, they were kind of small. So we matched their height, but they didn't match our intensity because they didn't know what to expect. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, I mean, God was just too athletic for, for Wojo, you know, to keep in front. And, and the way they played, because we played in the next year in the tournament, the way they played, like, they just pressured everything, right? That's great. Yeah. But you got to be able to contain the ball, and you ain't pressuring Sham Wells, 
you know. I mean, no, just no. no, no, no. We had, uh, and we we grew up with that type of pressure. Like, sure, we, we're gonna break that like easy. Like, we understand the power of the ball fake in the press. Like, I could get the whole defense to shift one way just by a ball fake and then pass it ahead. Yeah. What? So, uh, why didn't you leave early? Um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't really ready. I mean, I I probably was ready. Uh, you know, physically, but I don't know if I was ready mentally. And but you know, but, I but, came out but, but but that that sound. I mean, like, look, that today that sounds like like wow. But most guys aren't ready mentally, emotionally, even if they are ready physically, they still go. Sam got left, right? But why, why, why did you stay? I mean, you had you go on a run, you shoot in a high percentage from three, right? Like, and you know, how people are like, well, you don't go back to school because then they'll pick you apart. Like, I'm, I'm just wondering, was it the Bravemans that were telling you that? Did you know inside yourself oh. you're not ready for all that? Oh yeah, well, you know, they played a major role in that. Like, everything with them was like degree, 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 degree. Yeah. So, I mean. I I know I definitely wasn't I wasn't even thinking about to, to be honest I see Doug I'm gonna keep it real with you I like you Doug you know what I'm saying you you're a biggest guy and then you went off and and left us but um my when Steph got drafted in '96 I was at the I was at the draft I saw the energy I uh I I, I saw the workout that he the work that he was putting in to get there and then when it happened I'm like oh this this shit really can happen because we had a bunch of ball players from my neighborhood in Coney Island that were very good, that were close to, you know, making it, but they just didn't make it because maybe one had a baby, one got shot, or one didn't finish school and dropped out. It was, it was a whole bunch of reasons why, whatever. Or even they, they were lazy, they you know, they didn't want to put the work in. So when Steph did it, I was like, oh, shit, like, we can actually do it because he done it, and I saw it. So that summer in 96, I put in a lot of work and I had the mentality that I was going to leave after my sophomore year, no matter what the problem is say or anything. Right. So I, our first tournament was in Alaska at Alaska Fairbanks. And I averaged about like 20, 22 and 11 in that, in that tournament. Right. I was just being a dog. I was shooting efficient. I was just, you know, I was just being really aggressive. And when I got, when we got back to Providence after that tournament, coach just took the ball out of my hands. Took the ball out of my hands. He said, Jamel, when it's your turn, I'll let you, you know, you know, you'll be the guy, but right now you got to pass the ball to the seniors. And mainly he said, I had to pass the ball. I don't want to, you know what? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He said, I've had to pass the ball to Austin. He didn't say Derek Brown. He said, I have to pass the ball to Austin. And I kind of, I blew up, like just blew up. Like yeah. we just went back and forth. And, you know, and sometimes when you, when somebody try to take advantage of me, like I go, I go, I go back to that. I don't have a mother. I don't have a father. I don't have nobody protecting me. So I got to protect myself right here and there in this situation. And that's what I've done. And then the next game I got suspended because 
I felt that I like I was protecting myself, and but Coach Gillen felt like I was disrespecting him. So ever since then, I went from averaging twenty two and eleven to like fourteen and five. My junior year, so I I got in trouble in Notre Dame, right? So I transfer. I go to Oklahoma State. My junior year, I'd started for a year, so I was averaging like thirteen and ten, and we play we play Florida Atlantic. We played out in Hawaii. We won this tournament, and I played good. Came back. We played TCU. They had Lee Nalon. We beat them, and we're ranked like six in the country. And we play Florida Atlantic, and we have uh, um, like a former player who's like grad assistant for a year, Brooks Thompson, God rest his soul, right? He died a couple years ago. And Brooks had just come out of the league, and they let Brooks do the scatter play. And so he's like, these guys are so shitty. If you don't beat them by 30, and we used to have, coach used to have these things where he'd have like, okay, you must, we must shoot above 50. They must shoot below 40. They must be held below 60. We must score above 70. Like, and if you hit all of these, there's no practice tomorrow. If not, I'll see you at 7 a.m. Like there wasn't even any discussion about it, right? So he's like, fuck coaches' rules. If you don't smoke them, run them out of the gym, I do not respect you. You cannot wear these uniforms. That, like that was the scouting report. So we get in this game and all they're doing, they're playing. We had only four guards eligible because you remember Glennon Alexander. So Glennon yeah. had transferred in from Arkansas in McDonald's all American from Arkansas, but he wasn't eligible for a couple games. So um, th- th- we have a big guy out there, big six ten dude. And they're just playing like all six, four, six, five and below dudes. We're not playing. We won't play zone. And they're just running a little flex. And then when they get it to a big guy, go one, four flat and just doing us, right? Doing our big guy. And so we end up losing to them on some crazy shit. And I got a technical foul and we lost by one on a crazy play. But I had like eight and 18 assists. And like, and I had to sit for like five or six minutes because I got a tee. Then we play UCLA and I get two tees and I get thrown out. And so I got benched. So I went that year. So this is where I feel yet. I actually led the country in assists and I played the fewest minutes per game of my entire career, like 26 minutes a game, because like I went through eight games where I barely played, like I was buried up in the doghouse. And so then you're like, wait, should I even come back here? Should I even be here? Should I go and make money playing pro? Right. Like all that stuff is spinning through your head. So I do think, but then you did come back after the eight and now you just started, started balling out. Was he true to his work? Yeah. Did you get did you get to have the ball in your hands as you got older? Well, see, Coach Gillen, I knew he was a powerful guy because every summer he was with the US, the USA team. Yeah. Right? Well, with the, the college players or whatever. I think NBA players too. Yeah. Yeah. And his promise was when you become a senior, I'll do the same thing for you. That was his promise. So after my junior year, he left and went to Virginia. So I didn't respect him as a man anymore for his word. But he was telling me that, you know, I got to take care of my family. You know, I'm like, okay, but a man has his word. That's all he has. Right. And I've been a young adult for a long time. And that's where we had our disagreement. And, um, you know, when he 
when he did leave, I, I said a good speech on his behalf and, you know, how he was a, you know, a mentor and he was a good coach or whatever. But ever since then, um, I didn't really want to be, have no part with him because he wasn't a man of his word. After he took the ball out of my hand, because you're saying you have to feed your family. When I was out there trying to be a dog to feed mine. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And, and that's what happened. I mean, I love Coach Gillen to this day, but, you know, I will, I will never forget that. Um, all right. So you're now you're like twisting in the wind. Tim Welsh comes in. And like, like you paint the picture, you're somebody who you've been a young adult for a long time. You're trying to read people. Now you don't trust anybody because the coach who said, hey, wait till your senior year, he bounces. What was it like yeah. with Tim Welsh? Well, Tim, Tim set the tone from the beginning. He let me know what it was going to be, and he demonstrated it all the way to the T. And, and that was it. Like, Tim was a good guy. I love Tim Welsh. Tim was a good guy. Uh, what was yeah. that like? What was it like your senior year, considering, you know, your sophomore year, you guys had that run, God leaves, right? Um, and I know, I know how it is. Like you're putting pressure on yourself because you think every bucket is more money. Every every great performance is more money. But that's there's a lot of pressure in that. Was it enjoyable to be the dude your senior year? Yeah, of course. I mean, I. I Pre- I don't. I, I never looked at basketball pressure as pressure. Like I grew up in pressure. Like I grew up without a mom and dad. Like basketball was just. To, it was. It was a, a activity for me to not think about that the stuff that I grew up with. So I never thought about pressure on the court. I was just out there having fun, and um, Coach Wells he did his best his best of his ability to make sure that we had fun. He, he came up with like a New York city playing style, like pressing like every, <laughs> after every make, you know, which was, was a lot of fun. So it wasn't, it wasn't no pressure at all. So 1999, you finish, did you get your degree? Absolutely. What, what, what do you remember about that? My degree? About getting it, about the, the moment where you're like, I, you know, like I'm sure the, the the problem is there. You know, everybody's around you. Like, I I don't know in the moment if you realize it. Like how monumental every statistic that you will look at says that from your home, from your background and your upbringing, the likelihood of you getting a college degree is the smallest percentage, right? And you overcame Absolutely. all those obstacles to not only hoop and hoop well, but also get a degree. Did you? Like when you, was it special to you at all when you got it? I know it was special to them because they knew what you'd gone through. Did it, at the time, did it matter to you? Of course it mattered. It mattered. But at the time, I really didn't know how big it was. Even though I, I, didn't, I didn't have a family member that I grew up with that had a degree. So I never saw the paper until I got, you know, with the Bravamans. But I was just, I was just going through a lot and... The people in the audience made me realize how big it was. Like, you know, Coach Gillen came down from Virginia. He popped up. I was like, oh, shit. Like, my mentor came. And it was, it was a lot of people that I didn't know that was going to come to this, to my, you know, my, um, 
my graduation. And that's when I realized like, wow, this is, this is really a huge thing. You know what I'm saying? And once I, when I graduated, the Robin was like, you got that paper. That's the most important paper you need. So, you know me, I'm thinking about like, now nah, when is these workouts? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for that. First, late first, early second. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, uh, I want to I want to end part one on this. I want to do another one on your pro career and your clothing line and everything else. If, if you have time, another time in the very near future. But draft night is uh, it's it, I mean, you were a great college player and all and and your your brother Bassey is a what, top is a lottery pick. Steph is the fourth pick. God is picked, right? There's just, I'm, so did you know you wouldn't get drafted? Like, what, what was the thinking going into it? We have, we have to do a part two of this. Yes. Yes. So you want to, you want to start part two with that? Yes, we can start with that. Okay. okay. That's big shit right there, Doug. You, okay. You, you're digging deep, Doug. Um, are you, if you're okay with it, that's going to be great shit. So this is a good, like, little, little teaser for it. Is that cool? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, um, but all right, before, before we, before we go, your clothing line for people who haven't seen it. Okay. There is all your gear. Your logo is, it's like a man holding a basketball behind his back and yes. reaching out to a kid. What does that yes. symbolize? It symbolize, imagine you as an adult can tell yourself as a kid, after all the things that you've been through, right? I don't worry about nothing. I got your back. So that's what is, it symbolizes. Is that is 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 that all of your mentors, or is that that's, one person specifically? Is no. That what you want to be for your kid? Like what? Who who is the image there that you see? The when image you see the, the the image is myself as an adult, and myself as a little boy. That little boy is a hurting kid right there. He lost his his mom. He never met his his dad. Um, he has to, um, you know, go live in a, a, a dysfunctional house. Like, so everything, the world was against him. He was, he was broken. This kid was broken. So imagine as the yourself, as an successful individual, you can tell your younger self that's going to have the, the, the craziest path that you can ever imagine that don't worry about it. I got your back. Everything will be okay. And yes. And that's through all the mentoring that I, that I had and, the Bravamans, you know, even, you know, you know, my adoptive mom, you know, even my community, everybody played a role in me becoming a man. So that's the image. How can somebody get a hold of your gear? Go to Jamel, J-A-M-E-L-N-Y.com. And the website is laid out and we're about to come out with a new collection in, in a couple of weeks. That's great. All right, listen, let's schedule part two. Yep. Uh, anytime you want. Um, and just know we're going, if you think that's deep, we're going deeper. Okay. We're going, we're going deeper. I'm here for it. My man. I appreciate your okay. time. All right. Thanks, Doug. That was great. I'm sure you can't wait till part two. Neither can I. So I could ramble on and on about other stuff. Let's just pack that thing in after this one take. Have you noticed that Kevin Durant's the best 
player in basketball. Yeah, I noticed it three or four years ago. I know that you can make the argument LeBron has been more valuable to his team over those past three or four years. And of course, KD missed most missed all of last season and you know, both parts of last season and then missed a bunch of time now. He's the best player on the planet. I think that mantle was patched, passed when they first played the Cavs his first year at Golden State. In the second half of those games, LeBron was guarding him and he was guarding LeBron and he was the better player. And yes, his team won. But I guess now if you tear dudes up in the playoffs, people start to figure it out. Be sure to tune in and listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific. You can listen to the iHeartRadio app. You can download the podcast of that as well. I'm Doug Gottlieb and this is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.